Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hey everybody and welcome back to Industry Tactics. I'm your loyal host, Friendly Rich. Uh, feeling great about coming back from the Guelph Jazz Festival with my one-person show, The Birds of Marsville. And um, a piece for mechanical street organ and other instruments. And uh, so thrilled with the way it went. Thanks for coming out, those of you who were able to. It was nice to share, make music in front of humans. And uh, and some birds even showed up, which was uh, even more exciting, dare I say. Um, what a festival, the Guelph Jazz Festival. They did it. Congratulations to Scott, Karen, and everybody involved. Uh, presenting an amazing program and thanks for uh for being a part of this podcast too for the past few weeks this um this coming episode episode 132 is uh is also linked to the city of guelph and the jazz festival again um so kind of carrying off a little bit um and we talk about neil peart a lot in this episode it's a lovely chat with rob wallace who um I got to know through the Guelph Jazz Festival and our mutual friend, Dr. Alan Stanbridge. So a shout out to Alan. And um, this was just a, a, a beautiful chat, something I've been wanting to do for a while is have Rob on. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, he's an incredible musician and thinker and human. And um, yeah, we get into it. He wrote a beautiful paper after Neil Peart passed away. And so we talk about that special impact that Rush had on both of our musical lives and um, the city of Guelph and so much more. So hope you enjoy this episode. It's episode 132 of Industry Tactics, my talk with Rob Wallace. visual on you you looked so great before you looked perfectly like freshly showered is that do i have it do i have it right well <laughs> definitely not it's good this is a podcast oh that's not freshly showered <laughs> i'm sorry no. <laughs> he took the well, i don't know what's going on with the headphones what are those headphones let me see those headphones again fuck Okay, okay, never mind, never mind. For a second, I thought they were like, my wife has a pair that she just doesn't want to let go of. They're like old, you know, remember those old ones that you'd get with the Walkman? Mm-hmm. She's got a, a set of those, and it's... it's. I have some of those downstairs somewhere, I think. Where, yeah. Where? Oh, brother, where art thou? Where do we find you this morning? <laughs> like, literally, where am yeah, I? Yeah, where are you? I am sitting in our room here, our our uh, upstairs room, uh-huh. 
while my son watches cat videos. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Okay. So you're at home. Flag, in Flagstaff, Arizona. Flagstaff, Arizona. And let's see, let's get a visual on that shirt just to get things really fucking oh, yeah, set up here. Very important. Test for Echo. Wow. That's wow. the last tour I saw. Wow. The last tour he saw was Test for Echo Tour. Oh, my God, Rob. All right, let's turn on the faucet. Let's get it going. <laughs> of of memories and probably a, we're gonna probably shed a, t- a tar or two here, eh? Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Are you up for this? I was, yeah, I I, w- I have to say though, I was up kind of late listening to the industry tactics podcast. Amazing. Okay, great. Joe Cerbera yeah, style. That was a long time ago. That was in the. Uh, I learned a lot about Joe that I didn't know. Okay, amazing. Yeah, notably that he's Calabres. I knew that actually. Okay. okay. That was news yeah. to me. That was, as you saw, as you probably heard in the interview, I, I think that <laughs> took me back, but you know, we're, we're working through it. <laughs> okay. I'll stop. Like, I got to let that go. Um, it is great to see you. Welcome to the podcast, Rob Thank Wallace. You. It is an honor to be here. It's amazing. You know, we haven't done a lot of time together, but I feel like the time we have done is, uh, Super special and meaningful, and I have a, a strong connection with you. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think I, I first met you at the 2007 Guelph Jazz Festival when you were basically demolishing your clothing in front of young children and families. Fond memories. With the lollipop people. It was amazing. Fond memories, yeah. Yeah, you got a good, you got a great brain on you to to know the year of, of when that was. Is that 2007? No, I think you, is that yeah, 2007? Was. Yeah, because yeah, that was the first time I came to Canada and the first time I came to the festival. Okay, sick. I had no idea. I had no idea. I thought you, you know, you, you, people come into your life in such a strange way and it just felt like, I just thought you were like, one of one of the family right away i had no idea that that was your first uh yeah like welcome yeah. welcome to the family let me rip off my pants <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably thinking oh that's how they do it in canada this is their version of initiation it's a bit of a baptism <laughs> yes <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> it was it was great it was great. I had to go by. I mean, the interesting thing about that memory is I had to go. I, I didn't plan on tearing my pants to shreds. So luckily there was a, a used clothing shop right beside right. where we were playing yeah. that I went and bought a new pair of pants after. And it was like the day had just begun. <laughs> on with the day, you know. Next. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man, that's great. Um, so that's when. So you came to Canada. In around in and around 2007, to do what? What were you doing here? It was it was totally serendipitous. So, sometime earlier that year, maybe or even 2006, I had met Frederic Arroyas, who you may know from the university. Yeah, at a at a conference. Okay, and uh, she said, "Hey, you like jazz and poetry? You should come to this festival in Guelph." And I said, "Where?" Yeah, and she said Guelph. It's in Canada, so I applied for the colloquium to give a talk. Okay, and uh, and I got in, and I and I said, okay, I guess I'm going to Guelph. Got to look at a map and see where that is. Figure that out. Yeah, 
And so I ended up there at this like insane year and I saw like Anthony Braxton and you and uh, Charlie Hayden and Carla Blay and like Jesus. all these people. Right, right. And I said, why, A, why have I never heard of this place? And B, why has nobody ever told me about this festival? And right, right. C, why are the, there are all these amazing Canadian musicians I've never heard of? And why are we so racist in America? Is that a thing? Yeah, I guess that is a thing. Anyway. You, just, so, you threw that in there. That should be like how you end every sentence. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, that's a good one to remember. Whenever you're doing a list, just <laughs> those, those four <laughs> <laughs> always end at a letter. Why are we so racist in America? Mm-hmm. Um, shit, man. Um, that's awesome. And and then how does your relationship with with Guelph kind of uh, deepen over the years? Yeah. So then after that. Um... Again, Frederic said, well, hey, you know, it turns out we're starting this postdoc program and uh, you should apply for it. And I was like, okay. So I did. And this is kind of a funny gossipy story to only like two people, but um, perfect. (laughs) uh, So Jesse Stewart, who I also met that, that same first trip. What a, what a, what a meaningful, uh, which is crazy. yeah. Yeah. Um, this time well spent. Had, I think the, I think the the lesson here already to sort of cut you off is that just follow your nose. Like I can't believe you totally. went to Guelph and boom, this whole totally. wormhole. Uh, sorry, it, no, it was seriously life changing. Like in in the best, this is great, and most cliche way. It was great. Yeah, um, I met Pete Johnston, and I mean, there's like so many people. Joe, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, so Jesse though had just finished up his PhD at Guelph and he had also, he wasn't sure like, you know, what his future would hold. He was applying for jobs Mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. So he had also applied for the postdoc just to be a kind of stopgap thing, you know, if he didn't get any other gigs. So I think I could be totally defaming, um, the the formerly known as the improvisation community and social practice project but i feel like i remember them i think it wasn't as bad as saying like oh you got it and then they revoked it i think what they said is you didn't get it you know sorry you didn't get the postdoc and then like two weeks later they they sent me another message that said oh you got it and what had happened is jesse in the interim had found out that he got the job at Carlton. Okay. okay. And so he ended up going there. And then I was at, thanks to Jesse being awesome. And, oh. and the man, yeah. he uh, went and got that real job and I was able to get the postdoc. And then that <laughs> incredible sort of, that's when stuff started getting really crazy. Amazing. Amazing. So, so, so then you move, you move to, you move to Guelph, you do it. Yeah, so then my wife and I lived there for that year of 2008 to 2009. Okay. Okay, once again, then, you just uh, felt you just for me it just felt like you were Canadian when I met you. I had no idea it was uh, like okay. that you had gone on this journey, like this like like yeah. what a what a weird risk you took to 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 do that, to take that in. It was great, man. It was yeah, uh, it, it was. was definitely the right time and wow. Wow. everything just worked out wow. pretty amazingly. Wow. So yeah. 
It was fantastic. And um, this is my okay. <laughs> this is my old friend Dan Howarth here, no. <laughs> awakening from some kind of strange sickness. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, no. You're feeling better. <laughs> You're still a lot better. <laughs> was, I don't even. He was up here to. He was up here to record music and then got like. <laughs> It's a long story. I'm I don't I don't even care. I'm just happy I have that entry. Like that was the probably one of the greatest moments in film that I'll ever experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Beautiful. Hi. <laughs> that, that was brilliant. Brilliant. Well done. We don't need to take two on that. You just you nailed nope. it in the first <laughs> don't edit that one. <laughs> um Okay, so so you took the risk. You said I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna move the family to Guelph. We're gonna live in, in yeah. Guelph in a year. And and it was uh it sounds like it was worth the risk, eh? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah. I mean it opened up so many things for me intellectually and musically and uh you know, connections that I still have yeah. as as we are witnessing here. Um but yeah, it uh it turned into something really quite amazing. And almost instantly, you know, after that, I, um, I really became enamored with all of the, all the folks up there and, and, um, just started more actively trying to connect with the, with the music scene. And, you know, again, ironically, as we've discussed, yeah, yeah, one of my biggest, you know, influences was of course canadian music so right, right. it was all kind of coming full circle in some weird way i, guess. I mean I, but, re- uh, I read your paper i just reread it to get back to and it, it moved me again in in such a deeper way on the second read your your paper that you think on, on neil it's called on yeah. neil peart and he and yeah. rob wrote it on january 10th 2020 and i think back i'm like what was that a long time ago or was that Oh, that was like a month prior to the pandemic hitting. Weird, right? Right? Yeah. And so it's like I, I left part of like I don't I feel in a way like I read that paper and it's like I feel in a way that like this is gonna come on a little heavy, but it's like I, I really didn't get to grieve the loss of a Neil Peart yeah. because the world just fucking went right upside down, like, yeah. like pretty much right after that, you know? It's like you lucky bastard yeah, was- to leave the planet right before all this mess. <laughs> It was an inauspicious uh, in beginning to that year, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you knew things were going to get pretty, pretty dicey after that. And it feels so. I mean, I want to wrap this interview around that 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 piece and really talk to you about like because there's so many wormhole stories in when I read that that uh, that paper you wrote, and it was so heartfelt and. Um, you, you know, it's uh, it's kind of like it touches on why you got into music, I think, a lot of ways, you know, I mean, yeah. it's so for me, it is kind of cartoony that you decided like mm-hmm. like I think your perception of Canada is, is just beautiful. It's like and there I was <laughs> at YYZ. Right. You know, yeah. like, like that's great. That's great. You know. And see, we we wouldn't have even known to pronounce it Y Y Z. I mean, right. come on, right, right. Because you grew up. Where did there, you grow up? I grew up in in Flagstaff. That's another strange story. How I ended up back here after like seventeen, eighteen years of back in traveling. your hometown, back in your hometown yeah. of, of Flagstaff, Arizona. Yeah. And where is Flag? Is that near Phoenix or no? Okay, it is uh, northern Arizona. It's there's mountains here. Oh, great. And, 
snow. Wow. And, wow. Yeah, it's quite beautiful. Oh, yeah. amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, what was that like growing up? And how did you discover Rush? Uh, like, when did you discover Rush when you were a kid? Probably, um, probably somewhere in junior high. Okay. I would imagine. Okay. And it probably had something to do with like, you know, the crappy rock and roll radio. Yeah. That nevertheless still had, you know, those, do you remember the, the shows that would be like when a band was coming out with a new record, they would have these like premiere yes. shows. Yeah. Radio show, radio yeah, shows. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. so like I would tape those. Amazing. Like I still have those cassettes. Like I have a I have a rush one, I have a Pink Floyd yeah. one. I think yeah. I have another. And you would stay at sometimes they'd be at really weird times, you know. Yeah. Or they'd play the album like, you know, tonight at 3 a.m. We're gonna play the rich, friendly rich album. Right. The, you know, right. whatever. Right. Right. And you would stay up and yeah, you know, yeah, man. I so, love that. I love that vibe yeah. that you're painting though. Like, like that's not we don't have a lot of that anymore. The staying up late yeah. to hear it live on the radio. Right. Yeah. Like, why would you do no. that? You can just like look it up on your phone. Yeah. 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 So, so it's kind of that vibe. And uh, I must've known somebody that knew about rush or something, okay. but like actually Dan, who you just yeah. uh, met. Yeah. Uh, he and I, uh, he was like one of the first people I played music with oh, really cool. seriously. Cool. Cool. And uh, a couple of other friends uh, who actually are all kind of like anonymously mentioned in that, that oh, essay. Beautiful, beautiful. We all kind of started listening around the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah. The Getty, so, the, you know, the, the Woodshed Orchestra tune, Getty Lee, you know, those lyrics, um, Dave Clark's band. I know the yeah I know the band but I don't think I know so the that. song. Let me see if I remember. Getty Lee is a Canadian national treasure, playing the bass in the greatest rock band ever. All around <laughs> the world, people went to hear the Getty Lee play "Limelight" and twenty one twelve, and then another another <laughs> member of the band would say, "And Tom Sawyer." All around the world, people flock to hear our Getty Lee play. Limelight and twenty one twelve. Um, how many kids started up a band because Rush would seem yeah. like you know it was just it's all wrapped around this idea that like totally. you start up a band because you hear Rush and you want to do that. You're just like inspired yep. by it, eh? Yep. It's a beautiful tune. I'm going to send it to you if you haven't heard it because it's really captures captures that vibe like your your paper does in just a different form. You know. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the, like you said, the idea of, and I mean, I think, I don't want to sound like old man on this, but I, cause I think it still happens too, but yeah. I think there was definitely a thing when we were coming up where, you know, music was this way of, of entertaining yourself and mm-hmm. like doing things. And there was still, I don't think I would have called it that at the time, but it was like a, a DIY punk aspect to like oh interesting well you could like actually make a band right that would be cool right and like write your own music and figure that stuff out yeah and uh and so yeah there was that exciting aspect of of just trying to do that and and not even necessarily emulate you know these other people but yeah 
but actually the opposite be like, well, what could we do that could be our own thing? Oh, nice. You know, nice. Inspired by that, but not because, you know, I, I think there's, it's interesting. I, I spent not very much time learning mm-hmm. like how to play mm-hmm. other people's music with the exception of like jazz, you know, sure. I definitely like studied, you know, mm-hmm. drumming styles and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, but like in terms of like my interest in rush like i was never i was never interested in like trying to learn the parts and play them Got it. perfectly cuz a because i was like well that i suck i'm not going to be able to do that but also i didn't i, I didn't really want to do that right. i wanted right. i wanted to do my own well that's the I, music that would be inspired by i think that. that's yeah. really you're touching on it that's the beauty of it is like uh, and and people like laugh when i'll say like i'm a rush geek you know i i did a a, a, a fuck I'll, I'll have to send it to you if i have no i think i did i did send you yeah, no, I, the I rush geeks that, thing yeah. on on cbc yeah. and it was like People laugh, but it's like, I'm with you. I never wanted, I might've in a, in my, like the first band I ever played with, we played Tom Sawyer for fun, you know? And, but I never thought of aspiring, like that was not, it was more about the inspiration. It wasn't about like emulation, right? Um, Yeah. 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 I can relate to that. I can also relate to what you touched on with your late mother coming into the room, hearing um, you, you were playing uh wearing out that vhs tape of uh yeah of uh what was that show of hands i fucking yes. I, I had the same damn thing man like you know and and you having to defend yes what is the <laughs> why why are we spending our lives though defending rush i think i don't know i'm done with that now yeah you know yeah of course you are I- I have no no qualms. Of course you are. They won. The other side. The they other won, side won. Exactly. Yeah. The other side yeah, won. Exactly. They're done. You know. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I'm done with that too. But it it is a such a I don't know. There's such a joy there in like the humor, the you know all of the things that you probably carry and have seeped into your approach. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. I love the fact that it's like it helped shape your worldview, but not not like a hundred percent like. You're right. not down with Ayn Rand, it sounds like, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that that's kind of the fun thing though, too about about them and one of the appeals as a a writer mm-hmm. to me is that here was this guy who he was a drummer but he was also writing mm-hmm. and reading a ton of stuff oh, and and I did, I did get like a copy of Anthem, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I read it and I was like yeah. Yeah. Okay, I get, I get like some of the appeal, yeah. but this just seems like a crappy sci-fi novel that yeah. other people have written way cooler versions mm-hmm, of. So mm-hmm. I never bothered to look at the you know bigger yeah the thicker books. books yeah 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 that was a smart choice um, I think I, I wasted my time with um <laughs> what was that one the Fountainhead and my the God Jesus Christ yeah. I after reading that you walk the streets and you just go. Let me take what's mine. It's like literally right, yeah. Donald Trump, you know, like straight, yeah. straight through line to Donald Trump. I think, yeah. No, I mean the thing. See, I was, I was spending my time on the. You're gonna love this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, this was the thing that I. Oh my god, I, he's I, um for you listeners. He's pulled a figurine off of his wall. I'm, I'm intrigued. Thing. The visuals on this podcast are incredible. Oh, okay, Dune, <laughs> Dune. Okay, so you're... yeah, that was where I kind of. Oh man, 
spell off the so you're curve. nerding out fucking hard in high school yeah. like you're that's what that's rob wallace that's we we find it was like junior high. oh wow great like junior high, yeah. junior high is like grade seven yeah yeah sorry okay great 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 yeah. great okay awesome i love this yeah so you were pretty nerdy that, in 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 that direction were you pretty nerdy back then as a kid oh yeah, yeah. totally yeah and nothing wrong with that no apologies uh my dad my dad was a history professor so that's i think that's part of it too right on uh, he, he's still like writing articles and stuff he just turned 90 oh last my god year. man that's beautiful so he's, he's still like doing stuff so yeah we now we can like sit around and talk about what we're, we're writing wow wow that's yeah. so beautiful yeah. that's so beautiful to me um yeah. hey let's take a break and listen to uh speaking of long journeys in your dad's life let's listen to longest this is um Oh, okay. A really beautiful vibe that you set up here. And I think it's a nice, we'll ease into your musical, um, some of your musical offerings. This is you with quite a few players. I see, uh, Yeah, you know, a long list of, of wonderful players. Tracy McMullen, Alex Wilson, Eric Nakamoto, Ewan Brosso, Paul Dragoni. Dragon? Dragon. Dragon. Yeah, that's my brother-in-law, actually. That's your brother-in-law. It's a family yeah. affair. And of course... Uh, Owen Davis, who appears on a lot of your stuff, it seems. Yeah. Cool. Here it is. This is longest. You want to set this up? Yeah. So this is from a um, series of records that uh, we've made through kind of the auspices of our um, mm. experimental and improvised music series called the uh, Interference Series. Cool, cool. That my co-curator, Owen Davis, there started in 2015 and then out of that grew this record label called non-essential music right. or non-essential records. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And, uh, so we try when we get guest artists to come in, we try whenever we can to do sessions. Awesome. Awesome. And so this, this is a session that kind of features um, Tracy McMullen, who I don't know if you ever met Tracy. She was also, no. I also met her in Guelph. Oh, wow. Small. Um, no, I don't think I've had the honor. She's American as well, but I met her in Guelph <laughs> and uh, she was also a postdoc. And so we we also met in Canada and kind of started collaborating because great. of all of that. Great, so great, great. this is kind of the continuation of that. It's really beautiful, this tune. Uh, prepare to be dazzled. This is longest. Thank you. 
Yeah, well done. And I love this idea, this DIY. I love this model of the interference series and um, and non-essential records starting up a label. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and um, your, your co-conspirator, Owen Davis? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you and Brasso uh, okay. also there on that track. He, I think he actually came up with the name non-essential records. Great. Um, but uh, yeah. So Owen is, is quite an amazing character. Um, he's also a percussionist cool. and he teaches uh, elementary music here in town. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's somebody you should interview. He's a total weirdo cool. who grew up in an even smaller town in the middle of Arizona oh, wow. and somehow like got into John cage and just became a total nut. Yeah. And got in this. So he's, he's fascinating. So Beautiful. he, um, he went to Northern Arizona university, which is the, the place where I teach here okay. and, um, got a percussion degree and then went to DePaul for composition, got into the whole Chicago yeah, great. music scene. Amazing. Came back here and then started this series. And then I moved back in 2016 and um, we met. Uh, we had actually met previous okay. to that, but okay. we reunited and then he kind of asked me to come on board. And so... Um, How is it structured? Is it is it loosey-goosey? So is it, it a few of you just kind of... Well, so the series itself, we're the co-curators yeah. and um, along with Ewan, who unfortunately is moving to Maine, but that'll be cool for him to be in Maine. Yeah. But uh, we program artists locally and internationally um, for performances and educational events and stuff. Okay, and great. Wow. So we, we do like maybe two to three. Uh, events per month during the season it's kind of like the academic year i see and um and uh and then out of that grew the the record label um and Amazing. so we've done a number of projects through that and we're non-profit now oh wow so, yeah great. It's, it's like just getting more it, and more you're doing it you're doing it this is complicated and does yeah. this plug into the universe what's the university where you're at rob sorry it's northern arizona northern university. arizona yeah. does this tie in at all with that or it's kind of loosely linked only only because i teach there really okay. yeah yeah <laughs> and and because thankfully our um our uh what do you call them bosses yeah supervisors whatever colleagues who are yeah paying our bills yeah um have been really supportive okay cool so like cool. our dean in Great. we my wife and i teach in the honors college and wonderful our dean has been very cool in terms of supporting stuff and then through the school of music um we have some allies there too um but it's 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 independent of of the university the the series yeah but we we try to we try to get money from the university whenever we well i think it's, it's really cool that it's um made up of people from different um areas or different parts of the of the music making sector not just yeah. not just a, a purely like the you know northern arizona university presents a music series like that right that, that already is I'm, I'm already beginning to yawn <laughs> right <laughs> right it's yeah. a little more community-based which is is great yeah it's a strength. and that's and that's definitely something yeah we try we try to highlight yeah awesome awesome um, awesome so 
Um, how has that been for you? What is your what is your role uh, in teaching at um, Northern Arizona University? What what do you do there? So yeah, I mean another uh, great great story. I feel really lucky. Um, basically, like the job I have here, they're paying me to do all the stuff that I was doing anyway, but not really getting paid to do. Uh huh. Uh-huh, nice. Which is kind of combine all these weird things that I was interested in into a uh, into a gig and so like i come from a you know an english literature background in terms of my my academic side oh wow um but i was always trying to also play and study music and my wife is an ethnomusicologist she's the one in the family that like actually has the official music pedigree um, this sounds so linked to guelph i'm 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 anxious to hear (laughs) you're absolutely right so, so basically what happened is I, I convinced my dissertation committee to let me write about improvisation and American poetry. And they were like, yeah, that's weird and interesting. Good luck, you know? And so then I got that postdoc and I was like, oh, this is like, these are my people yeah. here. Yes, these, these, yes, like, yes. This is a people thing. Actually yeah. it, right. And so Ajay, you know, was like, here's this. English professor who started a jazz festival. I'm like, who is this guy? Right. What an so yeah, what an inspiration. Um, yeah. So he Daniel and Ajay and Frederick, yeah, yeah they yeah. they totally got it. You know, they were they were like my my trio of people that really like helped me. Yeah. Um, yeah along with along with some other folks at, at the university there, Christine Bolt, some other folks who were really, you know, instrumental in kind of getting me going in terms of the academic side but it took you know almost 10 years to get a career kind of option yeah. going yeah. from that wow man wow because i was applying to all these english jobs right and they would be like what are you like i thought you were going to talk about poetry yeah. like what do you yeah. why are you Wow. talking about some weird stuff wow. so you know institutions that are notoriously conservative right, so right 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 um right. so luckily this job now is um largely based around teaching kind of topics classes okay okay and so we get to like pitch ideas uh, and then and then teach those classes so like i can do a class on improvisation like from an interdisciplinary right, perspective right. sick or like this last semester i did a class on the beatles wow oh, you know? wow, wow wow okay um and uh so yeah it's it's very wide open and um it's a great teaching gig and we have good students and small classes isn't it so, isn't it exciting though that you had this model because i've always been fascinated by the guelph model where all the cool music not all of it but i i should say like like a lot of the cool music that i've grown to love i had no idea as i eased into that community thinking i thought that was what their music was and then when i found out that it came through the back door of this music department i went yeah what and now now i'm even more blown away that you've replicated that and found a way to like do it uh where you are in in northern arizona that is that is exciting to me that that this thing is now starting to spread this weird model that never made sense yes exactly yeah but but (laughs) i mean but it does make sense right it's it's totally um 
you are connecting the dots there. I wonder if there's, are, do you think there are more of these models where it's like coming at a discipline from another angle? I mean, for sure, I've touched on it on the podcast a lot where yeah. visual arts, whenever the visual artists get in the music game, weird shit happens, which I love. Yeah, well, and and even uh, just to just to talk about you for a second, I mean, one of your one of your guys is Murray Schaefer, right? right? And right. so right. here's another weirdo thing with me in Canada oh, yeah. and all, all of this apropos to this is that I knew about him mm. not through his music, oh. but through and not through the soundscape stuff. I found out okay, about okay, later, okay. but through Ezra Pound. Yes, <laughs> yes, because I was I was studying Ezra Pound. Oh. Sick. And then he, yeah. he, for listeners who don't know, yeah, um, you know, he edited this book of Ezra Pound's writings on music, and so I was like, "Who is this R. Murray Schaefer guy?" Yeah. And then I realized, "Oh, oh, yeah. like he's not an Ezra Pound scholar; he's like this composer." Yeah, guy. wow. So what a wormhole. So that, yeah, so that kind mm-hmm. of model, though, of like, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Mm-hmm. You know, we're mm-hmm. really good at. At going like, well, I'm going to be this one thing, you know, capitalism. I'm going to make. I'm an architect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. But um, (laughs) you know, it turns out that like very few people actually kind of operate like that, and especially the really interesting, you know, weirdo people. They're they're very like eclectic. So um, institutionally, it's hard to sustain that because you know they're we're supposed to be producing more little widget people right. that can right. do one thing, you know, right. whatever. Right. But I think what's starting to happen um, kind of ironically, but ne- necessarily mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. is that people and institutions are realizing like, Oh, it actually turns out that, you know, you are kind of better off practically mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. if you can do, a bunch of different things right. and look at right. stuff from different angles. Go figure. Know? I mean, the, the tenets of creativity yeah. herself, you know, it's like, yeah, 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 no, no, absolutely. And um, I, I love that model in Guelph. I think, I think it should be replicated. I mean, I, I don't know a lot of the people that come, I think straight out of the Guelph jazz. Oh no, no. The Guelph music program. Right. I, I define music in Guelph and all that I know from it as coming out this w- w- the, you know this <laughs> the weirdo thing, thing. Yeah, yeah yeah that that, that that's yeah. picking up steam right that's now its own thing yeah. and 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 growing year by year and affiliated yeah. with a festival it's so it is really so strong and beautiful and um and and here we are today you and i i mean would yeah. not have been like legit would not have been connected it were totally. it not for all of that you know and i i totally that's not to, i don't yeah. take that lightly it's i'm thankful for yeah. all of it kudos to scott and karen for yep. you know yep keeping on keeping on amen amen doing it yep yep and yep. uh and 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 breathing new life and ideas into into this it's uh it's it is inspiring so um yeah. so look you're um so much i want to get into here with, with you do you have another like few minutes oh totally yeah okay because um, it's just friday morning here we're just hanging out okay right right this is a friday um uh so so um where to go so you're you you fall in love with music you decide but but you're also you got the english thing going on too so yeah. so that's that 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 is the sweet spot of why neil peart i would say if we're going to bring it yeah, back totally. to 
Totally. You know, uh, all the books he he's read and, you know, he, his, his path is so fascinating, isn't it? Like it's, yeah, it's, um, I don't think that he finishes high school, right? You know, I, yeah, I think you're right. He finishes I mean, high might... school and then reads like a thousand books, right? That's yeah. He, he starts playing music and this yeah. kind of like see you later, yeah. but, but always is, you know, kind of this autodidact. Yeah. Just, you know, is always reading and always, always expanding, you know, what he's interested in. Did, yeah. did you pull a lot of inspir- equal inspiration from his books, from his writing? You know, so I have to admit that I'm not, not super, I'm one of my goals this summer, uh-huh. actually, uh-huh. especially, you know, after the past year and kind of ruminating and all this stuff, yep. it was to like do a little program, like a pu- program and read like all of his books in chronological oh. order. Oh, amazing, Rob. Still hasn't happened yet. Okay. Um, but I, what do you mean um, by, what do you mean by a program made for yourself, for yourself? Like, like for, yeah, for, kind of for myself, like, okay, yeah. let's, you know, let's find out, like, let's look at his kind of intellectual That's great. art. That's really beautiful. Through his writing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. One way of doing that's looking at the lyrics, but then another way is looking at it through the, the prose. Well, I if, mean, one if thing you, I have if, read. If you want to nerd out and do a, I fucking am at a, a opposed to book clubs, so <laughs> we, we can't call it a book club because I read right. too slowly. That's my problem. Yeah, so yeah. like the the whole club would be like five books ahead of me. Right. But um. I got a soft spot for Neil and his writing. I haven't done all of his books, but I've done most of them, you know? Oh, okay. So, so you know more about the books. Than I love yeah. a lot of the, 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 the tour writing. I can't even remember uh-huh. it, it, what the title of that book was, but when he goes They're like roadshow. Yeah. Roadshow. That's yeah. it. That's the yeah. one that one. I gave that one away, but it was, it's, it re, I really left yeah. a, an impression on me. They all have, yeah. but, you know, for different reasons. Yeah. yeah. One thing I have read though quite a bit is the stuff that he would do on his website. Yes, and that, you the know, that, Bubba. That's yeah, man. Yeah, and that's actually <laughs> something. Even when I wasn't listening to a lot of the music, I was still kind of periodically going back and being like, "I wonder what he's, he's up reading. To, What's know? he reading? I know for for and sure. He's like writing these crazy long, long essays about all. Yeah. yeah. So we are losing. Was, by the way, we're losing listeners by the. <laughs> by the minute here it's so great it's just it's going to be you and i by the end but it's going to be worth it awesome. awesome um and 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 dear listener it's a free country yeah. you paid nothing for this that's right <laughs> okay I can, you're cold lamping the internet from somewhere <laughs> I, can, I mean yeah man no i i um I'm down with that. I, I've I've taken those paths and and was always interested by it. Right, like oh, what, what's Neil Peart reading? You know, it's uh, yeah. it's just so fascinating. It's a beautiful life he had, eh? Like just like I mean, yeah. it's a beautiful and and tragic and uh, you know, but he it, it, inspiring life he had. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he really you know took his his dream like he he talks about at 16 and says, you know, how can I. In, in a good way mm-hmm. and says, how can I make this, you know, the path of my, of my life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. keep, you know, keep that flame going. Yeah. I, I love the, I've always failed at this, but the, the aesthetic, like, do, do you, do you pull inspiration from the fact that he was studying with like uh Kelly Gruber, right? Freddie Gruber. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that that part of his story too is really inspiring. I mean, the fact that he was he was still trying to learn how to play drums. Yeah. Yeah. Most people, you know, and the, so the dirty the dirty secret of the drumming community okay. is there's actually quite a few people that think Neil Peart is like a really crappy drummer. Uh-huh. Like really stiff and really yeah, yeah. just kind of goofy and yeah. not that not the world's greatest drummer. Right, whatever. right. Um, right. And so I kind of buy that. Like, not even being a drummer, I kind of buy that. It's like it's it's impressive, yeah. right? But it's not like um, I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. But go, please, yeah. So so on some level, I think he he picked up on that idea of like, oh, you know, I I could I, I could get better. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's super inspiring. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, th- I think there's a lot of folks like that mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, you know, who, you know, years and years into their career are still, are still working stuff out, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. in a way it's like super depressing. They're like, Oh really? But then it's ultimately super inspiring. Oh no, know? for sure. Um, I go, I'm the latter. I feel like it's like, you should yeah. never be done learning yeah, right it's totally, it's totally. that curiosity and desire to you know i always like equally laugh but pull inspiration from the fact that they they've been playing all these songs for 40 years yet they're still before they go on a tour rehearsing for three months yeah uh, like uh, the yeah. same songs it's fascinating yeah yeah that's hard music yeah i mean yeah it's hard music i also feel like they're pushing for that level of like yeah. you know it's yeah uh, and that's where i was saying i've i failed like my on my journey of just like wanting to and i've put some really incredible bands on stage but i just want to take more time i always tried doing emulating that rush like w- when we talk about emulating rush it's not like to be in a rush cover band but it's to capture that aesthetic yeah. of like I mean, they really did it. They nail it every. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. They were trying yeah. to really put the fucking best thing possible on stage. Mm-hmm. It's so inspiring. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking too a few years ago um, when we lived in Ohio. We were teaching in uh, Bowling Green, um, which is actually weirdly not that far from Guelph. It's like a five-hour drive. Right. Right. Um, but. Uh, uh, Jimmy Heath, the saxophonist, came um, and he passed away also just oh, yeah. right before a period, I think, oh, like in 2018, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, so he's in his 80s and he was talking about still practicing. You know, he did this little clinic for the jazz students. Awesome. And awesome. He was like, you know, there's only 12 notes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But we gotta keep working on those twelve notes, that's, you know. That's charming. <laughs> like that's... talking about practicing and yeah. getting better. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and this is the guy who literally learned how to play saxophone with John Coltrane. Fuck, like they yeah. were learned yeah. to play together. You know, that's so beautiful. Do so, you do you do you bring that to your own work? Do you that that kind of idea of like that long arc the long arc concept. the just the, the the practice how how does that affect how does that play into your world i mean i try for sure i i think one 
one really good thing that also came out of Guelph largely mm-hmm. was I started to realize like my musical ambitions were um were were gonna be helped by kind of letting go of this idea that I wasn't serious enough for something like that. And ironically that made me more serious. Oh, oh. I guess what I mean by that is like, you know, I I had like I was saying, I'd come to this place where I was doing all these different, seemingly different things Mm -hmm. and trying to like cobble together some kind of career, you know, and I was supposed to be doing Englishy stuff. And then I was also doing all this music stuff. And then finally I realized, Oh, well you could actually like do all that and kind of, you know, get by and, and be able to do some interesting things and, and, uh, and, you know, make a life or whatever. And I think it was at that point that I actually started practicing again more seriously. Right. Um, and like share well, another actually really important part about that golf experience is Joe Cerbera and I actually shared an office. Oh, wow. And so we really like had a lot of very nerdy, deep conversations about, you know, life and music Love and it. stuff. Love and, it. Um, he would show me stuff. I mean, he taught me a lot about drumming and about music and stuff. And even though that jerk is like a, I think a year younger than me. Right. Um, it was just like amazingly talented guy. So he, you know, we would talk about stuff and we would practice and whatever. So I think just that idea of, yeah, this is not about like ever becoming a master or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, or making it it's about oh. like just devoting yourself to you know some aesthetic ideas and seeing how you can make your make your music come out you know industry and however tactics yes Indi- there it is rob just landed one he landed the big one right there yeah i i'm reflecting on our talk um, um it's not over yet but i'm reflecting on our talk right now and i i, I really wanted to center it around your paper on Neil Peart. And to an Mm -hmm. extent, we've done that. But what I didn't expect, and it's just naturally made itself apparent here, is the city of Guelph and all of that, that is is in here too, eh? I didn't realize your time, and this is also a lesson for our listeners, is your time somewhere or with a certain group of people is not like, what, what was, what was it? A total of Two years in your life, maybe total soaking wet. Uh, I mean, like nine months or yeah, a year, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yet it it made that mark, eh? It really yeah helped you figure out a lot of of who you are. It sounds like definitely, yeah, yeah. I dig, I dig it, and I'm still learning, you know, things about that time. Yeah, yeah. That have come back to, you know, like somebody like Daniel, you know, who we've spent some time with yep. Daniel and Martha and their family and yep. just like yeah. that guy, yeah. you know, yeah. how can they write so many books and like a shout out to Daniel Fishland. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, just, just the, the real beautiful intersection of all the different ideas and, um, and, you know, again, one of the other healthy things, um, 
there there's a lot of conflict too that that I that I came to understand after sort of you know going beneath the surface a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and like just seeing the different perspectives from from everybody was also really really healthy. I don't mean like con like okay. mean conflict, but just like differing opinions, you know, and differing yeah, yeah. differing ideas about in the case of a lot of what the Guelph thing was centered around this idea of improvisation yeah, and like yeah, what that yeah. meant to me yeah. as opposed to maybe other people. And Joe and I had, you know, many, many conversations about this um, in terms of what, what our perspective is, which is, I think pretty similar yeah, yeah. Uh, versus maybe some other people. But um, so that's been really healthy too, just kind of defining your, your own aesthetic and and feeling like confident in that not not in an egotistical way but in a way of like okay this is actually you know what i believe in i never like really thought about that before but now i can kind of put it that's important to say into practice um how does your perception of canada change after you go in with this very cartoony uh you know thought of 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 what the country is after you leave it um after you do those two <laughs> years in guelph yeah i mean definitely i think on the first level just the idea that not just in music but in like across the arts mm-hmm. there's all this awesome stuff going on that like hardly anyone in America knows about Mm. because as I said, and my wife always wants to joke, we're racist against Canadians, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, But seriously, we're just so ignorant about all the stuff that's going on up there. And it's really just because of nationalism. It's stupid. Right. It's really, really stupid. So that was like the main and I think still is the main thing where I'm like, wow, you know, like somebody like Jean Derome yeah. has been making music for years yeah. and I never heard about him until 2007. Oh, like right on. Right this on. is this guy who's like, should be, you know, lauded. Like, I mean, some people do laud him, yeah. but like internationally, like this is a guy that should be, you know, right. Right. Like right. huge. Right. 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 Um, or, you know, like I was looking through your, your list of tacticians right. and, uh, you know, I was, I was like, wow, I would not have known any of these people right. 15 years ago, but now it's like, I've played with some of these people and they're like really awesome, you know? Right, right, so right, right. all, all of the wealth of creativity there, um, is something I really try not to take for granted anymore and really try to promote not. And again, not in like, I'm so cool Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and woke about Mm -hmm, Canada. mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a phrase you don't hear very often (laughs) woke about Canada, but, uh, but yeah, just the, it's just more fun to know about all of this beautiful stuff that's going Isn't on. Isn't it weird how know? we we, and, we stumble upon these communities? You almost feel like you have yeah. no control over it, not to get too spiritual, but it's just like, yeah. what a weird fucking wormhole your life took to intersect with Guelph. <laughs> yes. Like I just, I love how you introduced it earlier in the episode. You're like, I had to look up what is Guelph? Like, like totally. where, what? And then, you know, yeah. boom, you know, we're all super yeah. thankful it happened. Yeah. It was very serendipitous for sure. Let's yeah. um let's play this tune. What the president? You want to set that up? 
what the president what the president will say and do yeah this so this is a yap blanc piece um and have you and have we you know his it? real name is just john peters right like he, he <laughs> wanted to fully like ah i need an onomatopoeic right. name um he's from ohio yeah it's uh, we know we've got you we figured yeah, it out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah, yap is yeah, an incredible. amazing dutch yeah uh improviser and composer and so uh, we uh, were able to bring him. Okay. I, I can't remember if he contacted us, maybe through our friend Frank Rosalie or what happened, but somehow he contacted us and uh, was doing a little tour cool. of cool. the States. And so wow. we were like, yes, we want you to come. Sick. So he, you know, one day, one afternoon, you know, he, he uh, comes over to the store right here uh-huh. and uh-huh. comes in and is like, yes, hello. I am Yacht Blanc. What a and, day. you know, he stayed with us and everything. Oh, great. It was amazing. Wow. So, um, does he do that so shit did... like in the shower? What's that? Sorry. I'll, oh, I'll, singing? I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> did he freak your family out? Oh, in the best way. Yeah, yeah, yeah good, good, would, good. My son would be playing or something and he would come up behind him and go, blah, 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 or whatever. Amazing, you know, amazing. Amazing. Weird amazing. Sound poetry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Yap is amazing. He's a so, uh, yeah. So we did we did a, a a collaboration. Oh, oh, and so the other part of this long setup is that the booking dates coincided with um, James Falzoni, who we also had reached out to, um, and it just worked out that they right. were going to be able to come around the same time, oh, wow. and wow. they were super cool about. Um, being okay being essentially double booked right sure sure <laughs> um, neither of them were like you know oh you're stealing the spotlight yeah. from me or whatever yeah. so yeah so yeah. they did a duo concert oh, great and then we did this recording um myself and owen and then james and and yap the next day I so think. industry and, tactics uh, when life serves you yap blanc and james falzoni you yeah. you make you make you gotta do it you make a quartet yeah. happen and that's you you guys doing this too yeah. then eh? what what the president so will is, say and do is that what it's called yeah this is yap's piece he's done this piece for for a long time and he does it in different languages ah, okay okay and okay. um basically the the sort of logic of the piece is that the um vowel sounds drop out mm-hmm progressively okay and it gets weirder and weirder okay and i kept saying that this is like the hit of the trump era i i i i wrote that down i literally i wanted to ask um i mean it's right in the in the in his prime uh, 2019 that this would happen right so if i mean it predates that a long time okay i was doing this years ago but it was kind of the perfect yeah vibe i think so yeah here it is what the president will say and do. 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 What the president will say and What the president will what the president will What the president What the president What the president What the president 
Yeah, that's awesome. What a what a what a piece that is. And I think that's right. It's the perfect Trump. What did you call it? Trump. It's like the Trump era hit. God damn it. Uh, what was yeah. that like to to live through that, Rob? Was that like uh, uh, it, it culminated in that one minute and 30 seconds? You you know what it was like. Yeah. We all lived yeah. through it. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're still living through it. It's the afterlife, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. We're still living through it. Yeah. 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 Let's start time talking about that chump. Yeah. Um, well, man, how has the, speaking of living through it, I was so impressed with what you sent me in terms of living through this pandemic and knock on wood, your, you and yours are all doing well and, and healthy. Yeah. Um, that, that, uh, one, that, that, that show you did that, that, that live oh, thing. Yeah. thing with so many different pieces. And, uh, it was just really special. Um, that gave me a glimpse into, your creative life during the pandemic. But um, you want to talk a little bit about that and what that's been like for you? Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for watching by the way. Um, and, and enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, you know, again, something that I have tried to do throughout this is, is, you know, a lot of, a lot of people not alone in this mm -hmm. trying to take it and make it positive and, you know, kind of, kind of set goals for yourself, you know, make little programs as we were talking about yes. for things to do and ways to approach things positively. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, through the interference series, we had all these, you know, perform live performances happening. Right. Right. And, um, and then that stopped obviously. So right, right, right. we, we had to basically like figure out how to fill in the, fill in the gaps Okay. Um, over the last year and so i thought well maybe like it, it we could we wouldn't have to pay me and i'll i'll just set this challenge for myself mm -hmm. to do like a solo show mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh and then we'll do it as like a fundraiser and maybe raise like ten dollars or something. okay, okay. <laughs> whatever you know yeah, yeah, and yeah. um cool and i say solo as like a challenge because you know as a drummer mm -hmm. um I don't really play solo right like hardly ever you know that's just not a thing i'm i'm more interested in accompanying people and playing with making music with people right. um than playing solo but over the last you know maybe 10 years again com maybe coming out of guelph a little bit mm -hmm. this idea of like the challenge of how do you how do you solidify your own musical concepts and and uh you know sort of validate those concepts or whatever so thinking about solo playing has been more on my radar mm -hmm. so what better moment you know to really do that when you sure. can't actually you know yeah. uh get around other people without you know potentially getting sick or whatever right. so right. um so the solo thing kind of came out of that and initially i was just gonna do um just an Im free improv mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. But then I, I started like practicing for this specific concert and realizing like I had these 
compositional ideas kind of on the back burner. And so then it became much more of like actually like a a set of, you know, pieces mm-hmm. that I was going to perform. Beautiful, beautiful. And thanks. So it's definitely, you know, imperfect and in, in flux, but I think it represents a kind of nice, you know, maybe even watershed moment of like, oh, here's some some things that were percolating and like this was a good chance to make them come out into the world. So that was kind of how that happened. Oh, I love it. I love and it. And Neil Peart was part of that as well. So Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Yeah, no, it's um, imperfect and incomplete. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, it's, it has been a real delight yakking with you here. I, um, I, I, uh, any, any parting words for our young listeners who might, or uh, listeners of any age, really, um, our listener, our listener. Yeah. Our listener left with us. It's me. It's me. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, just around your musical journey or, or why you still keep doing this thing or uh, words of advice. I don't know uh, anything along those lines. Yeah. I mean, the more I think about it, I think really it is stuff like this. It's the relationships, you know, music is not this abstract, like cosmic thing. It's, it's, I mean, it is that, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's for me, it's so much about the people oh. and, the way that I've been able to form these really amazing friendships with people around the world through music as the thing. So it's almost like the music is just the, the thing that is like an excuse for the, the, all of the other stuff, you know, and a wonderful activity and and pursuit, but it's really those relationships. Um, And I think when, you know, when people say like, Oh, music is, brings us together music Mm. is a universal language or whatever, which I don't believe. Um, But I think that that's kind of maybe what they're sort of insinuating is that there is this way in which, you know, and it's not just music, but artistic activity, creativity can can, um, potentially, you know, connect you with other people in these really amazing ways across you know national boundaries and yeah all these other kinds of boundaries yeah our, for me uh, that's uh, that's become more and more important yeah amen our borders are still closed yet i'm super thankful yeah. we can have this discussion and and totally yeah connection yeah yeah um yeah. wow rob yeah. well thank you for that that's really really beautiful i i agree with every word and i want we're gonna end this wonderful talk with um an upcoming release of rob's which I think really captures you as drummer, writer, poet, percussionist. Um, it ties into the Neil Peart in yeah. a lot of ways here. Um, yeah, the Angels. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna set this up? Yeah. No, thank you. That was a that was a great way of putting it. I think it's it's really from a project that again is kind of quite old now, relatively speaking. I recorded this music about six years ago. Okay. Um, before my son was born, like oh, wow. literally like a couple days oh, before sick. he was born. And uh, it had been, yeah, it had been, um, you know, accreting a few years before that. And I'd been kind of working it. Okay. Um, but, uh, this piece is the first, it's going to be the first piece on the, on the upcoming 
album and um wow. it's a text that i kind of wrote and um wrote out of imp- improv improvisation and then you know actually fixed and then oh. when i perform it it kind of keeps transforming but it's okay. a discreet you know kind of poem uh and then the drums are played it's it's all live it's yeah. there's yeah. no overdubbing or anything um it's me singing slash reciting and playing all, all is that right i i yeah. i wow i'm glad you you shone a light on that because i i was i yeah. wouldn't have thought that I, I i it was such a powerful um fusing of the two that i i, oh, I wasn't yeah that's really nice to know um yeah yeah and then that was a uh, very intentional again thinking about the solo idea all of this music is is very um specific to me in terms of the text and writing yes, aspect yes. and the drumming yes and some of it's orchestrated you know for specific things yeah. um and some of it's more generally kind of just drum set is it a but, is it a full uh, length release coming out or yeah yeah so it's like 10 or 15 compositions wow. do you know when that's coming and, out Hopefully, well, my goal was this summer, but it might be more like the fall. Okay, so, okay, so look out for it. Yeah, hopefully. Soon. Where can people learn more about your your work, Rob? So I don't have a website. I'm not on Facebook or anything like that. But um, through the Interference Series, um, we have a a website, interferenceseries.org. Okay, great. Um, and non-essential records on Bandcamp. Yeah, I saw that. Um, That's great. That's wonderful. Find out some of that stuff and then cool. um various other play i have some books you know you can check out and, right on right on but yeah those are probably the two good web sources and and this new release will come out on uh on non-essential then yeah great yeah so great. it'll be released through non-essential so yeah. let's uh follow them on Bandcamp, uh that that label and um yeah. Rob, what a joy. We're going to leave. We're going to part with the angels. This is a really beautiful piece. It, re- it was one of the first times listening to drums that I thought, oh, yeah, there, there's a melody in there. Right on. I'm, I'm glad gonna... you got that. Awesome. So that's my ignorant. That's my Italian. <laughs> way, so. All right. L- love you, man. Thanks well, for making time. Love you too, man. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for all that you do. And yeah, keep on keeping on. Cheers. We'll see you soon. The Angels. The Angels.
Hey, that was The Angels by Rob Wallace. And go to nonessentialrecords.bandcamp.com for more of that catalog. And um, yeah, thanks again, Rob, for being on the podcast. It was awesome to reflect on all things Rush, Guelph, and your musical career, your musical life. And we'll see you again soon. Go to FriendlyRich.com if you want to learn more about my work. If you're new to the podcast and dig into prior episodes, uh, we talked a lot about you know prior people who have been on the podcast, from Dave Clark to Joe Sorbera to Karen Eng. Get into it. Get into the catalog. And I hope to see you again soon. Take care, everybody. Great guests coming up, so make sure you subscribe. Bye for now.